Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 4th of November 2023. This is Janet and your other readers are Alan, Mary and Brian. The editors this week are Samada and Mary. All our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring and Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week the headlines are New Homes, six new council homes welcomed with ribbon cutting ceremony. Pickle All Star claims bronze. Debut novel from Hemel Man. These and other stories follow. Here's the news. Hello, this is Alan. Six new council homes have been welcomed in Tring with a ribbon cutting ceremony. The homes are a mixture of two and three bedroom houses, providing housing for social rent in the sought after village of Willstone. One house is fully accessible. The new builds are on unused council land and are energy efficient with electric air source heat pump heating and increased insulation. Each home also has an electric charger point and a private parking bay. Councillors, members of the housing team, representatives from Life Build Solutions, project managers BPM Limited and architects Kyle Smart Associates attended a recent ribbon current cutting ceremony and new tenant Linda James had the honour of cutting the ribbon with Councillor Simi Diani. Linda said our home is beautiful and built to a very high standard. Already the extra space is making a huge different difference to our family life. It's so lovely to have a garden now for my son. We look forward to spending many happy years here. Housing and property portfolio holder Councillor Simi Diani said Homes in Decorum's villages have become unattainable for most local families and we're pleased that Willstone will once again welcome new council tenants in an otherwise unaffordable area. The development means that housing applicants with local connections have a chance to live close to family. This development is also a wonderful example of listening to the local community. We addressed existing residents' concerns about parking by providing an extra eight visitor parking spaces available for everyone to use. Hello, this is Mary. This week in history, November 2nd, 1950, Irish writer George Bernard Shaw died, aged 94. His hobby was tree pruning, which he was doing when he fell and fractured his thigh. He died shortly afterwards. On this day last year, the King hosted a Buckingham Palace reception commemorating the 50th anniversary of the resettlement of British Asians from Uganda in the UK. November 3rd, 1868. Republican Ulysses S. Grant was elected President of the USA for the first of his two terms in office. 
On this day last year, the Bank of England unveiled a 0.75% interest rate rise, the biggest since 1980. November 4, 1979, Iranian students stormed the US Embassy in Tehran and held more than 60 people hostage. On this day last year, the Prince of Wales announced the finalist for his second Earthshot Prize, with a shortlist including a great bubble barrier to catch plastics before they reach the ocean, and a zero-waste city. November 5th, 1990, Rabbi Mir Kashan, founder of the far-right CAC movement, was shot dead after a speech in a New York City hotel. On this day last year, former Prime Ministers John Major and Tony Blair hit out at the Crown's depiction of them in the TV programme. November 6, 1917, the Third Battle of Ypres ended when British and Canadian troops captured Passchendaele Ridge. Hello, this is Brian. A motorist racing through Hemel Hempstead was caught by the police while allegedly travelling at 93 miles per hour. Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire Road Policing Unit says it recorded a motorist driving on the A41 in Hemel Hempstead. The dual carriageway road is subject to the national speed limit. Checks completed by the police after the driver was stopped on the evening of Sunday, October 22nd, revealed that the driver had previously been stopped by officers. The previous offence was committed at the same location in 2021. After that incident, the driver was given a six-point penalty on their licence and a £1,000 fine. The police unit confirmed the motorist has been charged and will be summoned to court again on a future date. Vulnerable households in England are being encouraged to see what support they might be able to receive locally with the cost of essentials. Households have received more than £26 million award, awarded from the Household Support Fund since its launch in October 2021, according to the Department of Work and Pensions, DWP. Money is available for councils in England to help those most in need by drawing from local knowledge and making direct contact with people in the community. The fund is there to support people who are vulnerable or cannot pay for essentials. People do not necessarily need to be receiving benefits to get help from their council. People may be able to get help if they're struggling to afford essentials such as energy and water bills, food, toiletries or warm clothes for example. The DWP released the figures as it launched its Household Support Fund Awareness Week encouraging vulnerable people across England to contact their councils to find out what support is available in their area. There may be variations between councils in terms of eligibility criteria and how to apply. Some councils share out money through local charities and community groups. People can enter their postcode at gov.uk forward slash finding find local council to find their local authority. The government is also teaming up with Amazon Alexa to relaunch a public information campaign. 
through a free collaboration between the government and Amazon, people asking Alexa how to save money on their energy bill will receive the latest government advice on preparing their home for winter and using less energy in the long term. This will be available via Amazon Echo devices and on mobile free via the free Alexa app. Advice about help with living costs is also available online at the website helpforhouseholds.campaign.gov.uk and through other public information campaigning. IKEA has promised to pass on cost savings to customers by cutting prices over the next year as pressure in its supply chain starts to ease. The company said that it has a clear intention to reduce prices as the financial year ending next August. Despite economic and geopolitical instabilities, we remain committed to making a positive difference to our customers' lives, especially those with the thinnest wallets. The UK and Ireland Chief Executive Peter Jalkby said, knowing our customers continue to navigate a cost of living crisis, we absorbed significant cost increases to mitigate price rises as much as possible, investing in its uh, promotions, special offers and, for the first time, an Easter sale. As we see supply chain costs start to ease, we have a clear commitment to lowering prices accordingly, ensuring we remain firmly on the side of the many people. It came as the business announced an 11.9% rise in turnover in the last financial year to 2.5 billion. Mr. Jelkeby said, over the past 80 years, we have developed our offering value chain and sales channels support, supporting our vision to create a better everyday life for the many people we constantly ask ourselves now how what we do today can be done better tomorrow. A Hemel Hempstead man has published his debut novel after turning to writing as a way of coping with long COVID. William MacDonald did not expect to write a full book after taking to his childhood love of writing to distract him from chronic pain. The Hemel resident has suffered from the condition for nearly three years after he contracted the virus in January 2021. He was forced to take long-term sickness leave from his job as a senior carer due to debilitating symptoms such as chest pain, lethargy, brain fog and pain radiating down the left side of his body. The ordeal has impacted the carer's mental health which he manages through counselling, a support group and through his passion for writing. He said, I always enjoyed writing when I was at school. I tried to write before but life got in the way so I never had the time to sit and write a complete book. This time I started writing as an escape from my pain and to help with my depression. I never expected to finish it. Despite the title, the FA Cup, 
William says his debut novel isn't just about football. He added, it covers all different walks of life, experiences and life choices, from bereavement, friendship, relationships, trust, sexuality, and those with special educational needs. The message is that football is for everyone. And in my story, you have some unique characters from the drag queen footballer to the wrestling footballer. The book is available online from Waterstones and Amazon. The future looks bright for budding creatives from Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service has been working with the Prince's Trust to deliver a 12-week programme for people aged 16 to 25 who are not in employment, education or training. The programme encourages groups of young people to complete different community projects across the 12 weeks. The course aims to provide the learner with confidence, skills and knowledge, as well as a qualification in employability, teamwork and community skills. The latest group, Team 17, have completed a project at Grove Hill Community Centre in Hemel, where they have decorated and cleaned up the Derrick Balch Hall. The team were tasked with turning a basic room into a more child-friendly environment as well as a business meeting space. The group came up with the idea to have a feature wall with triangles of different colours using paint donated from decorating supplier Top Deck. And to appeal to children, the team decided to create two safari-themed windows. They painted a sunset and a sunrise as the backdrops and then used vinyl stickers to add silhouettes of animals and trees. On completion of the project a ceremony took place to congratulate Team 17 while certificates were presented to those involved in the centre including manager councillor Julie Banks and councillor Alexander Binder. Those interested in taking part in the next Princess Trust team programme in January 2024 can contact amber.molloy at hertfordshire.gov.uk or brian.ledley at hertfordshire.gov.uk A man from Hemel Hempstead was among the 20 people arrested during a large-scale police operation targeting organised drug dealing. A 22-year-old was arrested on suspicion of possession of cannabis with intent to supply. Between Monday the 9th and Sunday the 15th of October, Hertfordshire Constabulary searched homes suspected of being used for county lines drug dealing. During the week, the Operation Mantis team, supported by Hertfordshire's Operational Support Group and local crime units, obtained warrants to search homes believed to be used by gangs. Officers from the Eastern Region Special Operations National and National Crime Agency were also involved in the operations. The places searched by Hertfordshire Police were in Boreham Wood, Chessant, Hemel Hempstead, St Albans, Stevenage, Welling Garden City and Luton. Twenty individuals were arrested in total, with six of those being charged and remanded into custody. Also, police seized more than £22,000 in cash, Class A and Class B drugs with a street value of more than £40,000 and an imitation firearm. 
Hertfordshire Constabulary has confirmed that four people were safeguarded during the operations, including three children. Forces across the UK carried out similar operations with support from the National County Lines Coordination Centre, NCLSCC, and Eastern Region Special Operations Unit, as part of a national drive to disrupt and arrest those involved in county lines. To continue that story, Detective Inspector Kelly Gray from the Eastern Regional Special Operations Unit, which coordinates the police in response to county lines in the region, added the latest intensification period has led to some significant results across eastern England, which highlights once more the scale of criminality and exploitation associated with county lines gangs. We see many different types of crime associated with county lines networks, such as violence, exploitation, modern slavery, and, of course, drug offences. That's why it's more important than ever that policing and other partner agencies continue to pursue those involved and protect and safeguard the vulnerable people being exploited. I would encourage the public to keep their eyes open to the signs of young and vulnerable people being exploited by county lines gangs. If you see anything that doesn't look right, please contact your local force. Alternatively, you can contact the independent crime-fighting charity Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 111 or via its online form. No personal details are taken, information cannot be traced or recorded, and you will never need to go to court. Hertfordshire Constabulary confirmed that. Hertfordshire Constabulary launched its Operation Mantis team in 2018. It is made up of officers who specialise in targeting serious and organised crime. The police force states that the team has executed hundreds of search warrants, more than 400 arrests, and seized over £392,000 in cash. The hiring out of the County Council's County Hall headquarters for Philbing generated £59,000 in the first three months of the year 2023-24. It has emerged. The figure is detailed in a report due to be considered by a meeting of the County Council's Resources and Performance Cabinet Panel on Thursday, October 5th. According to that report, total income for managed properties overall was £2.7 million. A pickleball star from Berkhamsted has praised the friendly, fast-growing sport which combines elements of tennis, badminton and ping-pong, after claiming bronze in the national championships. West Hart's wizards Roy Eastwood and Tim Gill played in the men's 60-plus 4.0 doubles division during the 2023 English Nationals at Bolton Arena at the weekend. 
The duo, who took gold at the English Open in August, sailed through the group stage but came unstuck in the semi-final, losing to eventual champions Stuart Foster and Richard Millman. However, Roy said he was delighted with their efforts after making the step up in competition following their tournament win in August. The 63-year-old added, It's fantastic. We played together at Telford in the English Open and as a result of winning that, we got moved up a level. It's clearly a higher level, so to still be coming away with a bronze medal shows some really great progress on our part. We've exceeded our expectations. We get a bronze at our age when we've only been playing for seven months is fantastic. Neither of us had even heard of pickleball this time last year. Over the past year, pickleball has seen a meteoric rise in the UK due to its inclusive and accessible nature. With an estimated 12,000 regular players and over 450 venues offering the sport across the country. The sport involves a paddle and a plastic ball with holes. Some 700 athletes attended the national championships at the Bolton Arena, up from 430 at the 2022 event. And the tennis coach believes his other sporting love should take note of the reasons behind pickleball's surge in popularity. It's a very friendly sport. Everyone talks to everyone. Everyone watches each other. Everyone's happy for everyone else and the organisation is top-notch. Tennis can learn a lot from how friendly it is and how well run it is. It also gives us that competitive edge and we've really enjoyed it. It's taken over our life. We've improved this weekend through playing people who are better than us and we want to be the best we can be as we're both really competitive. Head to pickleballengland.org to find out more. A person in Berkhamsted was among the recent victims caught out by fake job opportunity posts on social media. Hertfordshire Constabulary has confirmed that 15 people were scammed by fraudsters advertising opportunities on Facebook. Overall, the victims lost £79,000, with one Waltham Cross resident losing £37,400. Residents from Watford, Hatfield, Letchworth and Henlow were also exploited. Criminals target job seekers by posting fake job opportunities on social media sites or, in some cases, messaging them directly via WhatsApp. Once the victim interacts with the fraudster, they're asked to make a payment to take the job application forward. Fraudsters may also ask for bank account details to set up salary payments to gain access to the victim's bank account. Senior Beacon Fraud Hub Manager Elaine Crate said, If you receive an exciting job opportunity sent directly to you via social media, you should proceed with caution, especially if you haven't actively been looking for a job. It's unusual for employment agencies to ask prospective candidates to pay fees, so if this happens, make sure you thoroughly research the agency or employer. Police in Hertfordshire advise residents to visit Action Fraud's website, 
which is actionfraud.police.uk, for details on how to avoid being scammed. Hertfordshire Constabulary has provided further information on how to avoid online fraud on its website, hearts.police.uk. Hertfordshire Constabulary has provided advice to help residents identify fraudulent posts by check any messages for poor spelling and grammar. This is often a sign that fraudsters are at work. Check the official records to confirm that the organisation offering you the job actually exists. If it does, contact the organisation directly through officially listed contact details to confirm that the job offer is genuine. Tell the employer that you will make your own travel and accommodation arrangements if necessary. Beware if they try hard to dissuade you or tell you that you have to use the agency they refer you to. Beware too if the employer or agent provides what appears to be a personal email address such as Yahoo or at Hotmail as a point of contact. Police are appealing for witnesses after a house was burgled in Hemel Hempstead. It's reported the victim had returned to their home in Adifield Road on, on Friday, October 20th to find someone had broken into the property. The householder said jewellery had been taken and a mess of the rooms had been made by the burglars as they searched the address. Police are asking for anyone with information regarding the burglary or who witnessed any suspicious activity in the area between 11am and 10.30pm on Friday, October 20th to get in touch with them. PC Charlie Grove said we are currently investigating this incident and I'm keen to hear from anyone who witnessed any suspicious activity in the area at the time or has any information relating to the burglary. Please, can I also ask anyone who lives in the area to check their doorbell cameras to see if they've captured anything that may help us and anyone driving in the area at the time to check their dash camera footage. Anyone with information can email PCGrow on charlie.grow at hearts.police.uk. Information can also be reported online at heartspolice.uk forward slash report or via the non-emergency contact number 111 quoting crime reference 41 stroke 84049 forward stroke 23 Alternatively Crime Stoppers can be called anonymously on 0800 555 111 or virus online form at uk.org, which is also untraceable and anonymous. Hemel Hempstead's Labour candidate has raised concerns about a lack of representation 
for decorum on the board of the West Hertfordshire NHS Trust. But the Trust says all board members consider the needs of people across all areas, not in defined local areas. The upcoming appointment of a new non-executive director has brought to light that none of the current non-executive directors live in the Decorah Borough. Acting as critical friends, non-executive directors hold the executive directors to account, also working with them to formulate strategy by bringing independent external perspectives. Prior to the appointment deadline, Labour candidate David Taylor has requested a meeting with the Trust following concerns raised by residents, including the Decorum Health Action Group. David intends to raise recruitment guidance with Trust members that advises applicants should live in or have strong connections with the area served by the Trust. He also aims to seek assurances that criteria is in place to reflect concerns among the community about healthcare services and on the ongoing controversy over expansion plans for Watford General Hospital. Mr Taylor said, Decorum has the highest population in Hertfordshire. It is absurd that we don't have any representation on the board of the Trust which makes decisions every day about health services affecting the lives of thousands of patients. It is my understanding that none of the nine full and associate non-executive members of the Trust board has a main residence in Decorum. This is especially concerning in light of ongoing uncertainty about the future development of Hemel Hospital and the provision of services across the borough. I am seeking a meeting so we can bring some clarity to the situation and reassure decorum residents there is someone on the board who is sympathetic to their concerns. The Trust argued that unlike councillors or MPs, a non-executive director's role is not to represent a locality but to take on skills-based appointments. Examples provided by the Trust include chairing a committee such as the Audit Committee where financial experience is necessary. A spokesperson added, NHS non-executive directors are recruited based on skills and experience needed to discharge the duties of the board. For example, our most recent vacancy, closing on November 1st, needs someone with nursing, midwifery or allied health professional experience. All members of the board must consider the needs of the patients and the public across all areas we cover, without taking on a specific role to represent defined local areas. The recruitment of non-executive directors is governed by NHS England policies, which do not require candidates to be from the Trust's catchment area. However, at West Hearts, we have added the requirement that non-executive directors live locally. Cats Protection Decorum is continuing the search for a home for nine-year-old Momo, who is described as a softie, experienced a change in his circumstances earlier this year and now needs a new family. The charity says Mo loves the fuss and doesn't mind being brushed. Cuddles aside, he is also partial to playtime. In fact, his favourite pastime is fetching his toy bird and bringing it back to his playmate, meowing for praise. Once acknowledged, he will drop it by your feet 
and want to start all over again. He also enjoys a spot of laser chasing. Moe's dislikes include sudden noises or rustling bags. He would prefer a calmer household with older children where he is the only pet. He will enjoy going out in the garden after his settling in period away from main roads. Visit cats.org.uk decorum forward slash decorum or call 0345 371 1851. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any other news. The beautiful Chilterns countryside around us provides a wonderful place to walk, especially in the autumn months. But there is one part of the land near Berkhamsted that still bears the scars of the First World War. This area of outstanding natural beauty and protected greenbelt land leads to Berkhamsted Common. There's a rich history here, not least the Battle of Berkhamsted Common. But here we look at a more recent part of our area's past. You may have walked across the area and wondered about the dips and troughs across the land, and if you happened across an information board, you'll know that these were, in fact, trenches dug by young men destined to be shipped out to the Western Front. The training camp saw thousands of young soldiers pass through, housed in a tented camp situated in the Bridgewater Road area. From 1914 until 1919, this was where the Inns of Court Officers Training Corps, nicknamed the Devil's Own, was based. A total of around 12,000 young soldiers spent months here in training before they were allocated a place in a battalion and sent off to fight. Part of their training involved digging trenches in preparation for the real thing in Europe, the clay and flint would have made for a hard task, but would have prepared the young men for the similar conditions they would encounter overseas. For the squadron, long treks without touching a road, wide movements, distant reconnaissance for the infantry, wood fighting, canal crossings, river crossings, big fights on the open commons and downs, local fighting among the enclosures, Every form of open training was available. In the neighbouring villages, Nettleton, Little Gadsden, Aldbury, Ashley Green, Bobbington, the awakening villager turned to sleep again with greater security when he realised that the outburst of firing and the swift rush of feet through the village street was nothing more than a night raid of the devil's own. At the junction of New Road and Potten End Road at Berkhamsted Golf Course is a stone obelisk dedicated to the memory of those men of the training corps who died during the war. About 5,000 of the men who trained at Berkhamsted were wounded and nearly 2,200 were killed. After the war, a lot of the trench system was filled in and the rest became overgrown. But in 2013, a seven-month restoration project took place which involved clearing away scrub and vegetation from the remaining trenches. It was carried out by 35 volunteers from the Chiltern Cons Conservation Board and the Chiltern Society. 
The trenches also made their way into literature, thanks to Berkhamsted author Graham Greene, who mentions them in his 1978 novel, The Human Factor. The book's hero, Castle, remembers that it was unsafe to walk in the area since the old trenches had been dug several feet deep. A stranger risked a sudden fall and a broken leg. The obituaries in the Gazette this week are Trevor Doran, aged 74 years, who passed away on 5th of October. Funeral service to take place at West Hart's Crematorium on Friday the 10th of November at 12 noon. Clifford James Newton died on the 10th of October. There is a wake at the Georgian Dragon, North Church, on Friday the 10th of November at 2pm. Eileen Parker passed away at Alexandra Care Home on the 20th of October, aged 82 years. The funeral service takes place at Beerton Crematorium on the 9th of November at 10am. May they all rest in peace. And now a trustee notice this week for John Ernest Nye, deceased. Pursuant to the Trustee Act 1925, any persons having a claim against or an interest in the estate of the above-named John Ernest Nye, late a Two Castle Hill Close Berkhamsted, Hertfordshire, HP 41HR, who died on the 1st of September 2023. They are required to send written particulars thereof to the undersigned on or before the 2nd of January 2024, after which date the estate will be distributed having regard only to the claims and interests of which they have had notice. Lloyds Bank PLC, P.O. Box 5005, Lansing, BN 998AZ. And now for what's on. A short notice, oh sorry, this is short notice for Hemel Hempstead's Old Town Market. In St Mary's Square and the surrounding area, it will be on Sunday the 5th of November from 11 o'clock until 3pm. The address is High Street, Hemel Hempstead, HP 13AF. There is parking available and some disabled access is also available. This vibrant market focuses on showcasing craft, artisan and homemade items created by small local businesses. It runs on the first Sunday of each month from March to December. Many stallholders are regulars who attend every month, however, there is always something new to discover. The atmosphere is lively and vibrant and the products are unique and beautifully presented. All of this with the backdrop of the beautiful and historic Old Town. Films at the cinema this week include Bottoms, a comedy, How to Have Sex, a comedy drama, Nobody Has to Know, a comedy drama, The Royal Hotel, a backpacker's adventure, Cat Person, a drama thriller, Five Nights at Freddy's, a horror movie, 
It Lives Inside, a horror movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, a drama, Trolls Band Together, an animation, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, an action animation, Some Otherhood, a comedy drama, The Great Escaper, a drama, The Creator, a drama, A Haunting in Venice, a drama. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. In theatre, there is a family theatre show, The Bubble Show, at Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, on November the 11th. Join the Highland Joker with his extraordinary soap bubbles in all shapes and sizes. Enjoy bouncy bubbles, bubbles inside bubbles, smoke bubbles, square bubbles, giant bubbles and even fire bubbles. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book or for information. Also at the Old Town Hall, discovering Antarctica on Friday the 17th of November at 8pm. Tickets are £16, also concessions. A few seats are left. It's about Tom Crean, the intrepid Antarctic explorer and one of Ireland's unsung heroes. He's brought to life in this dramatic and humorous solo performance by Aidan Dooley. Set during the golden age of Antarctic exploration, 1901 to 1916, Discover the riveting stories of the only man who served standing alongside Scott and Shackleton in three of the most daring and challenging expeditions to the Great White Continent, including Shackleton's ill-fated Endurance Expedition. Crean's story is a testament of human fortitude against all elements of Antarctica. The play takes you to the edge of your seat and beyond as it reenacts many of the era's heroic endeavours. It lasts for 90 minutes and the age guidance is 12 plus. Theatre Comedy Tim Benzie presents Solve a Long Murder She Wrote Sing a Song of Murder Thursday 16th November at 8pm Cult hit event Solve a Longer Murder, she wrote, comes to town, to the Old Town Hall, with an interactive screening of the classic Murder, she wrote episode, Sing a Song of Murder. Jessica Fletcher heads to London, but soon gets caught up in a murder mystery, only she, or you, can solve. Solve a Longer Murder, she wrote, is a unique and hilarious night featuring games, prizes, and audience, audience participation. Tickets, oldtownhall.co.uk. Full price, 21 pounds. 120 minutes long approximately, plus interval. Age guidance, 14 plus. And now more comedy. Hancock's Half Hour, The Lost Episodes, at Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, on November 8th. From the producers of the critically acclaimed tours of Round the Horn and The Goon Show, comes another radio comedy classic, Live on Stage. In 1954, 
Tony Hancock burst onto the airwaves of the BBC Light programme with a comedy show unlike anything the British public had heard before. Playing a less successful version of himself and surrounded by a cast of fellow comedy greats, including Sid James, Hattie Jakes and Kenneth Williams, Hancock's Half Hour was one of the first programmes in the genre now known as sitcom. Written by... Ray Galton and Alan Simpson, it redefined radio comedy and has people laughing for has had people laughing for the last 65 years. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. A future date for your diary. Riverside Shopping Centre have announced the return of their popular artisan market this Christmas. The market, which is set to be held on Saturday the 9th of December from 10am to 4pm, is back by popular demand after the success of the launch this September. The market will be located outdoors and will be host to a range of independent sellers showcasing festive products perfect for gifting, as well as delicious treats for all to enjoy. It will serve as the perfect opportunity to browse unique stalls alongside popular high street brands such as Next, Pandora, H&M and Waterstones, amongst others. Phil Stiff, the centre manager at Riverside Shopping Centre, said, We are so excited about the return of our artisan market, and shoppers are sure to be in for a treat with a festive twist. Put upon our event on Saturday the 9th of December. Join us and browse unique independent sellers as you head out to complete your Christmas shopping. We look forward to seeing you there. Now for some more news. Hertfordshire County Council is calling on local businesses to support young people in the county with special education needs and disabilities, SEND, to increase their skills by providing workplace opportunities. A new Hertfordshire SEND Employment Forum taking place online on Wednesday the 22nd of November at 10am provides an opportunity for local businesses to learn from others who are already employing in an inclusive manner as well as hearing directly from parents, young people and colleges about the difference they can make. The first online forum event is just one of the workplace support initiatives that services for young people offer to support young people with SEND to find employment, enabling them to live healthy and fulfilling lives by taking part in their local community. Although Hertfordshire has a lower than average rate of young people with SEND aged 16 to 17 who are not in employment, education or training, there is still an untapped talent pool going unnoticed. Data from Hearts Insight highlights that only 7% of residents with a learning disability are in employment, despite MENCAP's Learning Disability Survey indicating that 86% of the SEND population would like to work. If you are a local employer looking to employ, enjoy the many benefits that come from having a diverse workforce, get in touch with the Services for Young People or join the SEND Employment Forum to find out more about the training, supported op employment opportunities and tools available to help you become an inclusive employer. 
employers can reserve a spot at the Employment Forum by visiting Hertfordshire Send Employment Forum tickets Wednesday the 22nd of November 2023 at 10am. Hertfordshire County Council has welcomed news announced on Tuesday that plans to close ticket offices at railway stations across the county have been cancelled. The announcement made by Transport Secretary Mark Harper MP means that the threat of ticket office closures has passed, with the Minister saying that the proposals did not meet the high thresholds set by Government. The announcement by Government comes at the end of a public consultation process which saw 750,000 responses sent to London Travel Watch and Transport Focus who objected to the proposals saying it had heard powerful and passionate concerns about the changes. Hertfordshire County Council responded to the consultation on behalf of residents stating that the proposals went too far too fast. In addition, the County Council highlighted that the proposals had not properly considered the difficulties many passengers would have purchasing tickets online or from ticket machines, particularly those with visual impairment, those without access to the internet, and those who do not own or use smart mobile devices. Councillor Phil Bibby executive member for highways and transport at Hertfordshire County Council said common sense has prevailed at a time when we are trying to encourage more people to use public transport the rail industry should be doing all it can to attract passengers rather than putting barriers in the way. Hertfordshire residents are urged to have their say on a plan to enhance public confidence and increase scrutiny around police behaviour. The legitimacy plan has been compiled by Police and Crime Commissioner David Lloyd. It details how the PCC will work with police to improve transparency, accountability and ethical behaviour within the constabulary. Following national recommendations, it focuses on addressing the most pressing matters which can betray public trust, such as the abuse of police powers, and sets out actions for the constabulary to undertake. The plan recognises, while most officers carry out their work with integrity, there is a small minority who may abuse and exploit the position they hold. The plan outlines steps to identify these officers and staff earlier and deal with them appropriately and swiftly. Actions include developing vetting and recruitment processes to provide additional checks on behaviours and motivations for those joining the service. Additional support around staff welfare and well-being is proposed for those officers who report wrongdoing. Mr Lloyd said, Policing is undertaken in this country with the consent of the people in that they place their trust in officers and the constabulary to hold, uphold the law. 
It is vital this contract with the public is maintained and the police can be relied upon by our communities. There has never been a greater need for strong and effective public oversight and governance for policing across the whole of the UK. My priority as Police and Crime Commissioner is to hold the Chief Constable to account on behalf of the public, rooting out inappropriate behaviour, misogyny and criminal activity must be relentlessly pursued while reinforcing the core organisational principles of fairness and equality. A tremendous amount of work has been undertaken in this area by my office and Hertfordshire Constabulary, but it is right that we continue to look for where further improvements can be made. I would like to invite the public to study this plan and provide me with their feedback and comments on the proposals. A full copy of the draft plan is available at heartscommissioner.org if you put legitimacy strategy consultation in the search box. And now some local football news. Manager Brad Quinton was proud of his players' response to their midweek disappointment as they bounced back to beat Dartford in the National League South on Saturday. Four days after being beaten at home by his former club, Braintree Town, Quinton saw his players put in hard-working displays to take all three points and lift themselves to 12th in the table and three points off the playoff zone. Dartford had taken the lead through a Luke Coulson penalty on 40 minutes, but Rhys Grant quickly levelled before the break after being played through one-on-one before Joe Iocafino's 72nd-minute spot kick sealed the points. And Quinton spoke glowingly of his players' efforts to the club's media channels after the game. He said, We work hard on this one, and I think the desire and love for one another on the pitch was immense. I think it would have been a crime if we hadn't won that match. I think we were the only team who really wanted it from the start and whilst I'm hard on them at times, I thought that was a really well-deserved victory. Continuing with sport in basketball, Hemel Storm fell to their second league defeat of the season as the Jonas Dietrich-inspired Derby Trailblazers annihilated them from behind the arc to win 104-96. Storm constantly struggled to cope with the hosts' high-intensity transition plays and clinical shooting and failed to take command of the game. Storm started the game well, racing out to a 9-2 lead with a three from Jack Bunnell, but the warning signs were immediate with Dietrich hitting back-to-back threes as Derby hit 13 unanswered points to move six ahead before Inger responded with a triple of his own. Storm ended the first down by eight with another late Dietrich three, who ended up with 37 on the night. For Storm, Inga had 20, Silla 18 and guards Newman and Swelve chipped in with 15 and 16 respectively. Storm will host Barking Abbey on Saturday and then travel to Bradford for Kit King Trophy semi-final action on Sunday.
We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.02 and 16.30. Don't forget, for those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on a Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk Remember the amenities and services information follows the final music if you are listening on the memory stick. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say Alexa, open the talking newspaper school. Follow this with Alexa, play decorum talking newspaper. For those who are listening to this week's news on memory stick, please remove your stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it is goodbye from all your readers, the editors, and Joe, your technician for this week. <laughs>